0: Hey guys, welcome to the Bill Barnwell show. I am Bill Barnwell. Today, I am joined by Jeff Schwartz of the NFL, various places, but former NFL guard, breaking down the best possible fits for the seven remaining coaching vacancies in the NFL. Before that though, I want to talk to you about a fascinating decision that was made during the off It's gone underneath the radar and feels very relevant in light of what we saw this past weekend and it relates to a quarterback who posted the best qbr in the history of qbr going back to 2007 in a playoff game and that is jordan love of the packers who has been phenomenal over the last few weeks i believe since week 13 he is number one in the nfl in qbr set the single game qbr playoff record against the cowboys a team some i don't know who somebody may have picked to make it to the super bowl that guy clearly foolish does don't know what he's talking about packers dominated the cowboys from start to finish one of the most impressive performances you will see from a quarterback all year and it wasn't a one-time thing jordan love was great against the chiefs i felt like that was one of the best performances i saw all year and that was during the regular season so jordan love is an great shape. The Packers have one of the, I believe the youngest receiving core in the history of the National Football League. If not one of the youngest, they are in great shape for years to come with Jordan Love. But they made a decision this offseason that we didn't talk about much at the time. And it was really interesting because it reveals what they were thinking and what Jordan Love was thinking. And that's going to be different from what we hear in the months to come. So after the Packers traded Jordan Love, traded, traded Aaron Rodgers, excuse me. They obviously have not traded Jordan Love. That's going to be 15 years from now when the Jets need a quarterback. The Packers had Jordan Love as their starting quarterback. They had no backup of any note on the roster. Jordan Love, by all accounts, was going to be their guy. And Jordan Love was entering the fourth year of his rookie deal. He had a fifth year option coming up for twenty point three million dollars. And fifth year options, as a reminder, are fully guaranteed. This would have been for 2024. So this upcoming season, making the decision before 2023 began. The Packers were deciding whether they wanted to commit basically to two seasons of Jordan Love as their starter. So 2023, his fourth year of his rookie quarterback, rookie contract, and 2024, his fifth year option, with a significant raise of 20.3 million. Typically, we have not seen teams try to negotiate the fifth-year option. It's usually a pay-it-or-don't-pay-it situation. There's occasionally gray areas. We've seen some teams give longer-term contracts to try and avoid the fifth-year option, but usually it's been for quarterbacks or players they feel pretty good about. What we haven't seen is what the Packers and Jordan Love agreed to. So... Jordan Love agreed to a one-year extension in May that was for 13 and a half million fully guaranteed, but went up to 22. a half million with incentives. That was going to be for 2024. So basically, in lieu of how, daring the Packers to pick up the option or let him leave after 2023, Jordan Love gave up nearly seven million dollars for the possibility of earning $2.2 million in incentives, but more importantly, the possibility of having a great 2023 season and leaving the Packers in a bind where they either have to franchise Jordan Love or let him leave in free agency. Now, given that he was the only quarterback on their roster, given that he was a first-round pick, given that the Packers let Aaron Rodgers leave via trade, and given that they upset the one of the greatest players in in team history to begin with by drafting Jordan Love, everything pointed to the Packers picking up this option. I would have been shocked had the Packers not done it. And maybe they would have. Maybe they would in the long run have picked up the option. But Jordan Love was willing to say, I'm going to take less money. And I don't think that was a product of him wanting to help the team because the Packers did not need the cap space. was not a product of wanting to uh you know go out and and sort of guarantee 20 million dollars maybe that's the case maybe he just wanted to guarantee life-changing money and that that's defensible i guess but not a decision most teams and most quarterbacks make the vast majority of quarterbacks the vast majority of of, of situations players are typically betting on themselves and this was a case where both the packers and jordan love basically hedged their bets. Jordan Love said, okay, if I'm not the guy in the years to come, if I don't break out, well, I've at least made you know $13 million more guaranteed. The Packers said, we don't have to pick up this fifth-year option. We're going to compromise and give you less money and save money in case you're not the guy. And that's a decision that I, I can't think of a, another comparable in recent NFL history. Veterans down the line, do they make pay cuts? They take pay cuts? Yeah, of course that happens to get their money guaranteed but i don't think jordan love had a lot to be afraid of the packers had priced him into a situation where they had nothing to be or they had little to be afraid of they were going to commit to jordan love and yet everyone still negotiated the pay cut that is one of the more fascinating deals to me and it's the opposite of betting on yourself which is why we now sit here with jordan love and he would be he would have the same leverage Joe Flacco had or very similar leverage to the leverage Joe Flacco had after the winning the Super Bowl with the Ravens over a decade ago, where he could go out and basically call his shots on a contract. Now, he's under contract next year for $13.5 million guaranteed plus incentives. So the Packers now have a lot of leverage in terms of negotiating a long-term deal. Well, it's only one year. So somebody a lot of leverage is the wrong way to put it. But more leverage than they would have had if Jordan Love was about to become a free agent, Or if he had his fifth-year option fully guaranteed, he'd have more money. So it was a really fascinating negotiation, flew totally underneath the radar, and now, frankly, looks like an absolute masterstroke from Brian Gutekunst, who had little leverage, had a quarterback who they were priced into paying, still got him to take a pay cut, and ended up landing a superstar quarterback in the process anyway. In the long run, Jordan Love's going to get paid either way. I don't think the Packers are going to not pay him. He's going to get a lot of money. And this is more about negotiation and leverage than anything else. But if you have a general manager who can pull that off, and you have a general manager who I'm guessing in the years to come, we're going to hear, oh, we always knew Jordan Love was going to be a star. Jordan Love's going to say, I always knew I was going to work out. It's very clear that was not the case when Penn was put to paper back in May. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there is no Competition. And right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8Save. That's the number 8. S A V E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a Jets Pizza location near you. Again, try Jet's signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8Save. That's number 8, S A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right. Joining me now here as promised on the Bill Barnwell show. One of my favorite guests is here to break down the various coaching opportunities around the NFL with seven jobs open. One of the most star studded uh, range of coaching candidates available in the National Football League. Lots of possible fits. I know our, our Dan Graziano at ESPN wrote about this today. Um, which you should check that out. But joining me to talk about it and talk about where these options might be, someone who's been on some teams that were not all that great before, someone who's played for some very good coaches before, it is my friend, Jeff Schwartz.
1: Jeff, how are you, buddy? That's a good summary of my career. So, playing some good teams, <laughs> playing some bad teams. Um, <laughs> what
0: well, do you got? You got a range of experiences. I
1: feel like I, that's really I, valuable. I do. Oh, I i play with two Hall of Fame coaches, Andy Reid and Tom Coughlin, some good coaches, and Leslie Frazier and John Fox. Um, and then, um, you know, some, uh, some teams where we went to two and 14, so I've been, I've yes. been all over the place.
0: Yes. But you got to see a range of coaches and I think that's oh, really valuable so, yes. because, you know, I, I, like I can talk about, oh, this is a good fit here. I think you're going to have very valuable and relevant perspective that I do not have as someone who is not a athlete or talented at football. Um, in terms of the fit in these certain places and what a team might be looking for and what might make sense for a team given what they need to do in the years to come. So I really wanted to have you on to talk about this topic and let's get to it. I mean, seven jobs open, like I said, you know, multiple Hall of Fame coaches in the market, some coaches who I think many of us thought were some of the best coaches in football available. Let's start with We'll go team by team. I'll, I'll, I'll name a team. And I guess I'll ask you to name the coach you think right. makes the most sense there. Let's go alphabetically and let's start with the Atlanta Falcons where, I mean, Arthur Smith was run out of town on Twitter mentions alone after the last couple seasons. seasons. Uh, Arthur blank is now, uh, you know, he's getting up there in age. I think he wants to win while he still can enjoy it. Um, the Falcons in a weak division. I think we can all agree. The NFC South is a weak division, definitely talent on that roster. But Jeff, who do you think would be the person who would make the most sense to fill that role and get the Falcons from being a team that has potential to a team that actually is heading into
1: the postseason? So when we talk about these, uh, coaching hires, um, it's good to remember that a lot of times teams hire the opposite of what they had. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that that always is the case, right? So if you're the Falcons, let's use them for example. You know, Arthur Smith, offensive guy. You tend to go defensive guy next. Yeah. I'm not sure that's the right decision in this situation because mm-hmm. of what you have on offense, right? You have a good offensive line, good skill position players, young running backs. Um, you need someone to maximize the most of that, and you're most likely going to have a young quarterback. I would imagine you go young here. Five, I mean, you need a first round draft, but you need to rebuild that position. Mm-hmm you know, I don't think it's a Russell trade for Russell Wilson situation or, or Kirk cut like you need, you need someone. And so I think it has to be offensive coach, right? Everyone says be- Belichick. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't see that. I don't see him, you know, with it, with a Bo Nix. I mean, maybe, I, I, or, or um, you know, I don't think Jay Daniels will even get gets there, but no. I don't see that fit being great for, with a younger team um, and Bill Belichick being there. So like, I'm looking at the at the candidates. So ben Johnson, I, that's another we have another place for him, but is like Brian mm-hmm. Callahan the right person there? Uh Bengals Bengals OC like I I think that you go offensive minded here and you you have someone that can get the most out of those guys on offense. That that's your best part of your team right now. It's the youngest part of your team. You've spent 3 straight first round draft mm-hmm. picks in the top 10 on offensive players. You have to get a coach that gets the most out of those guys. I don't think that Belichick is that guy. It seems like he might go there, but I don't know if that's the mm-hmm. right spot for Belichick. I'm not actually sure there's any of the open spots are great for Belichick right now. Um, mm-hmm. A couple spots might be open in the next 24 hours that fit what what he wants. <laughs> um, but to me, it's offensive guy. And, and There's not many, you know, OCs that have, inter- that have, you know, the Texans OC is kind of slowly interviewing now. There's not mm-hmm. a lot of offensive guys that we've seen in the past. They've all been kind of, you know, uh, uh, gobbled up by everyone by now. Yeah. I mean, and again,
0: there's the D'Amico Ryans thing we saw, which is like, are you better off hiring the best defensive coach available or the, you know, seventh best offensive coach available? Um, I agree with you. I think Belichick does not make a ton of sense here. I mean, it depends on what what, what, what each side wants, right? Like for Belichick, I think at this point his goal is most likely, of course, to win a Super Bowl, first and foremost, but second to set the all-time wins record and maybe you can say he can do that because it's the nfc the nfc south and it's not going to be a tough division and if you just have a competent quarterback you're probably winning seven eight games a year and you can get get that get, get to shula in a couple of years but i agree with you i i think that belichick's not a great fit here i think you want an offensive-minded coach i think this is the landing spot for jim harbaugh where you have a really has been able to build offenses before you know has had plenty of success and i think the thing for jim harbaugh is you know when when they announced they were going to start hiring for this opportunity terry Fontenot, um they said like he's going to be involved with the search but they didn't say he's going to make the decision to me i feel like arthur smith or arthur smith arthur blank who actually owns the team fired fired arthur smith and i think there's you know terry Fontenot lost some power over the past couple years based on what happened so for harbaugh if you want personnel control or some semblance of personnel control it's only a few teams who can give that to you and the falcons might be one of them arthur blank might say hey listen if yeah. you if you you know you've had so much success in the past if you're going to come here if that's what you need to get us over the hump and get us over the hump quickly which he's done he didn't turn around the niners a few years ago i kind of feel like that's the way to
1: go so I, i'm going to go harbaugh here i think the part about control is important because even though they have a general manager in place um, you know, Arthur Blake feels like the type of owner that would give the coach control if he wanted yes, it. Yes, absolutely. And that for Harbaugh and for Belichick will be big things. They're going to want control. Mm-hmm. um, And they'll, they'll get it wherever they go. Yes, you would figure.
0: I mean, Harbaugh, I guess it depends. Like if they go to a place where they're like, like Seattle, for example, like John Schneider's come out and said, hey, I'm going to be the dude. Like I'm making the decisions. Yeah, I think that that means that harbaugh and belichick are not going to go there because i think they like Harbaugh, especially after the trent bulky thing i feel like he's going to need to have some semblance of power in washington where they just hired adam peters from the yeah. Niners. like adam peters is going to be the personnel guy there so maybe that limits the opportunities for guys like harbaugh and belichick but uh i, I agree there i think arthur blank is a guy who i could see handing that, that that to a coach who has a resume with a track record of success and for belichick and maybe not as much in personnel recently, but for Jim Harbaugh, certainly it feels like they've earned that that opportunity. Agreed. Let's talk about Carolina in the same division. Obviously they've they've gone they've gone oh for two, maybe one for three. Because I guess you know uh, Steve Wilkes did do a good job as the interim coach, but didn't get the full time job. Frank Reich comes in. I I mean I thought Frank Reich was going to do a good job. He yeah. did not, as it turns out. Jeff, who do you think the Panthers will turn to to turn around this moribund organization after their dismal twenty twenty three season?
1: Um, I think David Tapperson is going to be the head coach. He's going to take over. <laughs> just just decide to be the head coach. Um, I was looking at coaching candidates um, and sort of the you know who's up for some of these jobs, and obviously there's mm-hmm. a long list. Yes, um, one name kind of stuck out. I don't know if if he's a big you know consideration for this, but Todd Munkin is the OC for the Ravens Mm -hmm. right now. And the last two quarterbacks he has worked with Stetson Bennett had success. Mm -hmm. Lamar Jackson, MVP season. Mm -hmm. Don't you need a guy like that to work with Bryce Young? You know, like I I, I know that the, the, the position is more than just that, but Munkin's coached a long time. He's had success with different types of quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. You know, again, Stetson Bennett, pocket guy, Lamar Jackson can do both. Obviously very well. Um, you need someone to 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 instill confidence in Bryce Young and get him moving in the right direction. Obviously, hiring a good defensive coordinator would be important. Working with a general manager there will be important. Whoever they hire there, but Todd Munkin feels like not. I don't think he's talked about very much as being a, an actual candidate for this job. But I was looking at kind of the OCs of of who would sort of who would do well in a job like this. And if the idea is you need to end up fixing Bryce young he's at near at least I think mean, near the top of the list for that type of, of, of job
0: I mean it makes sense I mean this is a guy who's worked for a lot of places has you know plenty of experience working under great coaches before he's been a head coach at the college level before so he has had to you know run a program um, I think he was at Southern Miss if I'm not mistaken um, but he he was a head coach for a bit um, a, a guy who ha- has been talented building offenses wherever he's gone, not someone who I think has gotten the credence he deserved in years past because, you know, maybe he's had an opportunity to go somewhere else or maybe the coach got fired and it wasn't his fault. But I, I think a guy who's been underrated for the vast majority of his career, and like you said, I mean, you can't argue with the results with Lamar Jackson. That's not an offense that always has great, you know, their left tackle running. Yeah. Stanley's been in and out of the lineup. The receivers are good, but they still have pretty high drop rates. They're still pretty sloppy their receiving core um but a player you know an offense that's worked that's got the most out of lamar jackson and i I would not fault them for hiring todd monken at all this is for me though i went in the same vein gotta get someone to coach up your young quarterback coach up bryce young i said ben johnson and i know that ben they've had a lot of interest in ben johnson i don't know that ben johnson has had a lot of interest in them yeah i i think if you're David Tepper and you got a lot of money and you have a job you really need filled, I think you go to Ben Johnson and say, hey, we're going to offer you $16 million a year on a six-year deal. Like You're going to get time. You're going to get money. You're going to get resources. You're going to get to mold this organization and your image for what you think is important. Like We're going to basically hand you a blank check to fix Bryce Young and fix this organization. And by the way, if Bryce Young is not the guy… After a couple of years, yeah. you're going to get a chance to hire, to, to draft the next guy. This is not a one-quarterback opportunity for you. This is a multi-quarterback head coaching hire. I, I think it's going to be tough for David Tepper to hire someone who has a lot of options the way I think Ben Johnson will. But I think if he goes over the top in terms of power, in terms of money, in terms of resources, I think that's the one way to get that done.
1: Yeah, I – I. Um... The, I just have another spot for Ben Johnson. Like, there's one situation I think that's like just a dream for a coach right now, and I feel mm-hmm. like that's the fit for him uh, later yeah. in this uh, in, the, in this team. But yeah, I, that look, I think they would be very happy to get Ben Johnson. Oh, sure, I think they'd be yeah. thrilled. Yeah,
0: but I, it is they're gonna have to go over the top. They may have to go over the top for anybody. I mean, someone's mm-hmm. gonna take the job eventually. But it kind of feels a little like the Texans' job from a couple of years ago, where it just felt like. You know, they were interviewing Heinz Ward to be the head coach.
1: Um, it, it just felt like that was an opportunity where... Tepper is not... The CFC stuff, the Charlotte football... Club, it's just not... He, he's yep. not good at owning teams right now.
0: Yeah. And, you know, maybe he'll learn. Like, you know, sometimes owners are bad and make mistakes, and they learn, and they, they you know, hand off responsibility. Yeah, I, I certainly feel like David Tepper's not a dumb person. Clearly, he's a smart guy. He made a lot of money. But... I think he's a very confident person when it comes to yes. saying, oh, you know, if there's a problem, we'll just sprinkle some temper on this. That will that will solve the issue. And that has not been the case uh, with his sports teams in football and soccer. And of course, you living in the, the Charlotte area know yeah. as much about this as anybody. Vegas. We've had some interesting talk out of Vegas. Max Crosby has come out and said, or at least hinted to reporters, if Antonio Pierce does not get this job, I'm going to request a trade. Many of the Raiders players, or several of the Raiders players, have come out and publicly supported Antonio Pierce. Um, When Mark Davis had Rich Passaccia, former special teams coordinator, in the interim job a couple years ago when the Raiders made it to the postseason, the players came out and said, we want to keep Rich. He hired Josh McDaniels. That did not work out for Mark Davis. So from your perspective, Jeff, is this... Antonio Pierce's job or is the fact that they haven't hired him yet
1: concerning to you there's no rush to hire coaches in the NFL so it's not like college football when you have recruiting and portal Like you got to hire someone ASAP so there's, to me there's, there's no rush on on hiring someone um, hiring from within hiring the up-and-coming coach hiring the interim coach Bill has not had much success right it just it hasn't mm-hmm. over the years um, but if you're gonna hire one, it, you would hire Antonio Pierce, right? I mean, what what he did there for that organization the back half of the season was really, really good. Yeah, like give him a quarterback. You know, like give him like a real right. offense, and I think he can be a really good coach. I think I think you almost have to hire him. He, he did that well in that in that job, and made that team competitive nearly every week. He didn't win all the games, but competitive. Mm-hmm. Imagine. With a an co- actual quarterback, I, I think Pierce. This is his job, and you just you give it to him. He's earned the right to to be the coach there. He, you know, it, it matters to the Raiders that their coach understands what the Raiders are. Right? It's one of the where I feel like it, it matters. And guess what? Yeah. Pierce knows how that how that feels to be a Raider. And so, I I wouldn't hire him because Matt Crosby said he's going to leave. But I think he's probably the best guy for the job considering what the job is, um, the roster situation, and how well he coached this season.
0: Yeah, I, I, I just, you know, like coaches, we're, we're very bad at hiring coaches. Our our ability, I'm not saying just me, I'm saying the entire NFL. Oh, yeah. Like our 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 ability to judge who is going to be a good NFL coach, we suck at it. That is just the reality of the situation. And Antonio Pierce, in terms of his resume before becoming a NFL head coach, did not really have one. He'd been a high school coach, I believe, for a couple of years. He was on the Raiders staff. Yeah, um, like he just did not have that kind of resume, but he got the opportunity. And when he got the opportunity, he looked good. I, you know, there were, there were some issues with clock management, stuff like that, but you can fix it. That's that's the stuff you can fix in terms of a coach. If you have yeah. full off season to work with a coach, what you can't fix is the players like playing for him. You know, do, does he have a good sense of the team's culture? Does he, uh, you know, d- d- does he get the most out of the people he has in that locker room? And By all accounts, publicly and privately, Antonio Pierce is that guy. The Raiders, I believe they were second in the NFL in points per drive allowed over the second half of the season, which, you know, Patrick Graham deserves a lot of respect for that, but he was there before Antonio Pierce, and they were not playing that well. They were legitimately good on defense. They beat the hell out of Brandon Staley and the Chargers, and... And they beat the Chiefs. You know, they beat Patrick Mahomes on Christmas. Yeah. And and I think winning games in the AFC West, I think that matters to that that's that the fans, it matters to the organization, it matters to the owner. Because I think the, the biggest hurdle you have to overcome is you're stuck in a division for the next decade with the the greatest quarterback who's ever lived. And if you can beat him with Aiden O'Connell, imagine what you can do if you have a real quarterback or a more significant quarterback. So yeah, I, I think unless there's you know a dream candidate who you feel is the perfect fit in every single way i think
1: antonio pierce is your guy i i agree i I think he's just the easiest cleanest hire for you guys and it makes a lot of sense yep and if it doesn't work after a year hey you can always go
0: out and hire another coach next year right uh chargers very interesting job you have justin herbert Mm, around him there's pieces Rashawn slater's exciting let's love tackle uh there's been some iffy drafts, some of the players, the core guys, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler. Yeah. Um getting older. Joey Bose has been out for most of the last two years with injuries. Still, Herbert and the pieces around Herbert, pretty exciting. You're stuck with the Mahomes problem. Yeah. Jeff, who
1: do you think the Chargers will go for as their head coach? Well, this job is interesting, Bill, because it does have Herbert, but it also has a lot of cat problems and older roster. Yeah, and so um, it, it does. It does require a little bit of, of massaging. Um, the answer to me is Harbaugh. I know you had Harbaugh in Atlanta, Bill, but mm-hmm. I feel like Fair. this is you need the opposite of Brandon Staley, and you need a guy that is, um, you know, disciplined. Not disciplinarian is the wrong word. You really can't be that coach anymore. But just a disciplined coach, right? It's still sure. discipline your team. You know, to to just have that physical, the physical. And violent mindset, mm-hmm. you know, you're not going to have the, like the the you know Harbaugh. By the way, is for an older coach. He, I think I he's fairly aggressive at Michigan. Went four to four. To, I mean, you can still do yeah. all those things with without Brandon Staley there, right? Of course. Um, and everywhere he's been, San Diego, Stanford, San Francisco, Michigan, he has won football games. No question. And you give him the best quarterback. Now I guess he had Andrew Luck, so maybe not the best quarterback he's going to have ever. But a, a quarterback in Herbert who who needs. That structure of playing with a guy like Harbaugh, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. the the question is obviously is Dean Spanos the owner gonna give him personnel control? Is he right. willing to give Harbaugh what he wants to be the head coach of that team? If it's not Harbaugh, I don't have a great answer. Um, you know, again, do you go offensive guy? Do you go do you go defensive guy? The the concern I think with any defensive coach, and it's unfair to like a D'Amico Ryans, is your offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. It's Slowak, right? That's the, the guy, Houston. Um, yep. Like he's going to leave soon, and okay. so you're going to have to replace him. Every you have to replace if your OC is good, you have to replace him every other year, essentially. Um, mm-hmm. That's hard. It's hard to do that to replace your OC. I mean, that's what I think. One thing Belichick, as a defensive coach, sort of got lucky with this. His coordinator stayed for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. Weiss was there forever. McDaniel's mm-hmm. left and came back, and probably won't follow him anywhere he goes now. Um, mm-hmm. If you so, if you hire a defensive guy, I'm not sure who that that defense guy would even be. Quite, quite honestly, um, and you bring in a good OC. Well, if he has a good teams under Herbert, he's going to find a head coaching job in a year. That's the risk you take. I think with hiring a defensive guy for a coach like uh, for a player like Herbert, so I think Harbaugh is the guy for me in in in, uh, in Los Angeles. Everything you said made total sense in terms of
0: Harbaugh, and I think they would give him personal control. They fired Tom Telesco. They have that opportunity. Yeah. I think it makes sense. But you also laid out my pick in perfect fashion, Jeff, because my pick here is Bill Belichick. And I I think you need to fix the defense. They have, obviously, tons of talent. I mean, imagine John James with Belichick. Imagine Joey Bosa with Belichick. Um, You know, he gets more out of his players on defense than anyone else does. He makes players better. And then on offense, you made a really good point. You made two really good points about you're going to lose your OC if the guy does well. But the one OC who we have to figure is never going to get a head coaching job again is Josh McDaniels. And so for Josh McDaniels, who by the way was in the building in new England week 18 uh, for Belichick's final game would, if you're Josh McDaniels and you, you say, okay, I'm not going to be a head coach again. I want to coach again. What would be the best opportunity for me coaching Justin Herbert for the next decade? Maybe you take over after Belichick leaves. If you prove to ownership that you're, not a, a lunatic the way you were in your first two jobs i mean yeah. that's the that seems like the most logical place for josh mcdaniels to go so for belichick i think if you want to feel like okay i want to coach the defense i want to have some personal control which he would still have i think in, with the chargers um and i want a quarterback who i know is going to win me games i kind of
1: feel like the chargers are the the best fit if if you hire him you have to hire a general manager to choose the players in offense. Like you, I think you can't so. you can't let I I am of the opinion Bell can still coach. I think what his downfall was obviously his personnel decisions most mostly on offense. So if you have Justin Herbert, which you which you obviously do, my concern is you if you let Bill choose the players, he's going to ruin the offense by just continually choosing bad football players to play with Herbert. So if you that's his track record, right? So if you can and he by the way, he got away with that. Wild New England because Brady is so good, right? I mean, right. it's not like they had the best personnel his entire time there, even the, the years they did, they didn't win in championships. Right. Um, but he had Gronkowski, right, which is important. So maybe they go find themselves mm-hmm. this look get Brock Bowers, right, in the draft, you're right, right. In that Brock Bowers draft range. Um, and you have Herbert with Bowers, and you you know, you have a, another couple dynamic. Why well, didn't they have a wide receiver the roster? There's older that's the issue is like, what do you do right. with some of the older players on that roster? It's a good fit of Belichick, in my opinion, is willing to let someone else choose the players on offense.
0: I think if you're Belichick, though, and you're like, OK, you know, I can go coach the Falcons where they have a, a, a decent defense. A lot of free agents who got imported this year. So it's not a young defense, but, you know, good defense playmakers on offense. I don't have to worry about that, but I need a quarterback or you go to the Chargers, and he's like, okay, "I have, I have some potential star, I have some star pieces on defense. Not potential stars, actual stars on defense. Yeah. I have some star players on offense that are ready set. I have a quarterback who I know is going to be around as long as I'm coaching. I, the only thing I need to do is just let, you know, someone else pick the wide receivers or pick the running backs or the tight ends, and, you know, maybe have someone just to." to 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 bounce ideas yeah. off of i can't imagine that's something he wouldn't be willing to do i think the the benefit of of coaching herbert is outweighs the downside of not being able to pick your offensive players And i think i i can't imagine a gm's going to be like well bill you want this safety in the second round we're not going to take him like belichick's still going to get to pick the defensive players i feel like
1: i think he has to but again i, I mean yeah. i just i i'm a herbert guy him ruining herbert would not be very fun so no that's, no, my, that's, that's my concern about, about him there. But it's a, it's, it fits with what you just said. I mean, your argument makes a ton of sense for Belichick and for them together if they can find a way to work out the personnel issues. Yes. So Seattle Seahawks
0: fire, fire I guess, promote, make Pete Carroll an advisor, quote-unquote. Yeah. I haven't talked about Pete Carroll as a candidate here. He's technically, I'm sure, would get an opportunity if someone... Uh, someone wanted to hire him as a head coach i think the yeah. seahawks would let him leave uh but john schneider's come out and said i'm making the hire at head coach i have personal control seems like he is in charge there yeah. for the years to come so jeff who do you think the seahawks should hire to replace one of the longest tenured coaches in football do
1: you just do like a rabel carol like coach swap you, you just swap them you put <laughs> carol in tennessee and rabel in seattle and just call it a day i was thinking about that that does make a little sense I, I mean, Vrabel feels like the fit here, right? Where um, you sort of keep that physical nature of the team, right? That defensive mindset. Even though I did argue earlier that you typically hire someone different, but you don't really have a long-term answer at quarterback right now. So I don't know if you need to go hire that, you know, that young dynamic coach to work with the young quarterback for many years. Um, but Vrabel feels like sort of the perfect guy to keep the base. Like, Seattle's not far off from winning, right? Like they're 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 right there. So you don't have to blow everything up. It's not a rebuild. It's just sort of a different voice in the room. And it feels like Vrabel can be that voice in the room that sort of keeps the the core principles of what your team is but just does it with someone different. Um, and the the one thing I will say, though, that I'm I, concerned about Vrabel is that when he did not have a dynamic quarterback, and Ron Tannehill can hardly be dynamic per se, but when Tannehill was good there, they were good. And he yes. could never overcome when the quarterback became average to below average, mm-hmm. now as a home underdog, he was great. But you you bring him there with Gino. Is that a guy he wins a lot with, or do you have to go find young dynamic guy? Is this a draft? And you draft is it, you know is it a, a late first round pick on a Michael Penix? Is that like a thing that Seattle's going to do or second round pick? I mean, what's their idea at quarterback? I think Vrabel is the guy here for this job. Um, you sort of can keep that the same sort of team philosophy going Mm -hmm. but just with a different voice doing it
0: yeah i I think you know the difference here between what you said earlier about not hiring a coach who's a different style is usually when you have a coach who's say a defensive-minded coach what that means is as that coach coach coaches on for several years they sign players they they draft players usually the defense gets better than the offense and so when you're hiring the next coach usually the offense is kind of the less successful part of the team and so you say okay we got to fix the offense hire an offensive coach For the Seahawks, that's not the case. The Seahawks, the the strength is the offense. The weakness for many years now has been the defensive side of the football. So I think hiring a defensive coach for them does make sense. I think Rabel, totally reasonable candidate. I would not fault them for hiring Rabel. I think it makes total sense. I had Raheem Morris just because You know, I figure if they went out and they hired Shane Waldron from the Rams a couple years ago, maybe you hire someone in the division. Maybe they feel he he gives you a little bit of an advantage. Morris, I think, totally qualified to be a head coach again. Um, Had some success in Tampa Bay before uh, one bad season and they got rid of him. Uh, But, you know, I I really think it's just about two interviews better. But I I think going out and hiring a defensive-minded coach, um, Rabel makes total sense to me. Morris makes sense to me. I think they need to fix the defense more than hire a coach to worry about the offense right now.
1: Bill, it'd be fun if if you wrote an article on how these interviews go with like coaching. I'm so curious about how they go. Like how like everyone has that sort of like prepared folder they keep with them as yes. like, a candidate. And so they all they have like their all their information that they would like to present and they build it up over the years. It's why sometimes coaches just do interviews. They're not going to be yep. hired, but it just be you know, begins the process of learning how to interview for mm-hmm. these jobs. I'm just curious, you know, what goes into this. Because I feel like the football side of it is not that complicated. You're like, here's what right. I do. Here's what I'm going to call. Here's what I'm going to run. It's everything else, right? It's like staff. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's upgrades to, to scouting, facility, mm-hmm. um, how we develop players, strength coach, like everything else than, than just like football, if that makes sense. Uh, you know, yeah. like like going to be like, yeah. Here, Arthur Blank, here's the defense I've run for 25 years. It works, buddy. <laughs> so I'm, I'm like so curious about how these interviews actually go. Uh, because, you know, interviewing well, like, what does that actually mean? Mm-hmm. I mean that was always a knock on Eric Enemy. He didn't interview well. What does that actually mean? Like, what does that right. mean, interview well? Um, because I'm so curious about how these go. Because you mentioned Raheem Morris. I have Raheem Morris for the Titans, I feel like. He's sort of the next... Mm-hmm. Best candidate that's up. Who we haven't talked about yet, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I I don't have a great one for the Titans, honestly. I not feel like I don't know what direction they're going in. They, you can make the case mm-hmm. that they need an offense and a defensive coach. I think <laughs> Morris has sort of it, it just kind of fits the bill as all around great candidate for this job. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And he could definitely if he hires a you know a, a McVay offensive guy. That, that, that offense obviously has been very good for many different teams. Um, yep. But well, I'm just so curious about, like, what does it mean to interview well? Um, I, They might never reveal any of that information, but it'd be fun to read or or hear about it. Yeah, I think for sure. I, I'd love to do an article on that. And I think there's also the thing of, like,
0: now you're interviewing on Zoom, so you're not even in the building. Correct. You're, uh, you know, some coaches are doing it during the playoffs. So, like, you know, the coaching is a hot, full-time job, like more than a full-time job, especially in the playoffs, let alone, you know, going out and. Say, okay, uh, you know, I did my job today. I got yeah. in at five in the morning, I left at 10. Now I have to prepare for a interview tomorrow for two hours where I'm gonna try to get uh, you know, the the job of my dreams. So the whole thing is like it's such a it's such a weird process. Like, you know, in others, I feel like it's it's so different from other sports in terms of just the you know the the time frame you have, the intensity of the process you know, the amount of stuff that you have to prepare. Like if you're a baseball manager, like, yes, like you're going to talk about culture, that stuff does matter, of course. Yeah. But like, it's not as if you're going to have that much to say, like, you're going to be like, Hey, I was a manager here. I did a good job. I was the bench coach here. Um, if you're an NBA coach, like again, like you, you're only worried about 12 players. Like in yeah. the NFL, it's such a, there's so much more to think about. You're so much, I feel like you're so much more heavily integrated into everything about the organization. Um, you can go in such a wide variety of different directions you know I, I think all of that is so fascinating yeah. so yeah I think it makes total sense it'd be a really cool article um just gonna get some coaches to talk to me about this stuff on the record so I know Tennessee. that's
1: the hard part yeah I
0: will try and pull it off so Tennessee you Raheem Morris I think sure. that's a totally logical one I think your point is really valid in terms of saying they could go in either direction they have needs on both sides of the football I I went with Bobby Slowik and this is just a simple simple yeah. person in me. I just figured Slowick because you have Rand Carthen there as the GM from San Francisco. Figure he goes for a former Niners guy. Could go for um Mike Lefleur, who's the OC there. Um that's totally possible although they didn't really overlap. Uh, he was there earlier I think during uh, Carthen's tenure, but Carthen, yeah. you know, ha- they have to develop a quarterback. Will Levis, we don't know if he's going to be the guy. They're going to have to develop a guy behind Will Levis if Will Levis is not the guy. Slowick. I mean he can't argue with what he's done in houston year one yeah. like has guys you know not only cj stroud looking great but also i mean nico collins was you know yeah. a solid solid receiver no one really talked about nico collins before the year the second in the nfl in yards per route run this year tank dale looked like a star devin singletary yeah. had his best season um you know i mean what he did to the browns like that's what, that's what i would do if i was yeah. interviewing with the the t- Titans are like, okay, tell us about what you can do.
1: I would just show them the tape against the Browns and yeah. be like, that's it. That's all you need to know about me. So, um, I was looking up Sloic. I just want to make sure I had this right. You know, he's basically spent one year as an OC. That's it, I and mean, that's even less yes. than like Sean McVay. His yes. his route is so. If he gets hired in this cycle, any cycle, you can put up that Washington Redskins graphic that shows the coaches from <laughs> 2013. He was a defensive assistant on that team. That was, that was like the right the McVay. Shanahan, yes. like yes. Lafleur, whole thing, right? Um, that was all on that team. Then he spent three years working at PFF. <laughs> yes. Seriously, and then I he know. and then he went to the Niners as a quality control coach, offensive assistant, pass game specialist, pass game coordinator. Last year to off offense winner, I just worry about the experience. That's it. Fair um, uh, is that you know he you know McVeigh. Was hired young, but was an OC for three years, and obviously with his family, he's been in the NFL his whole life. Right. Um, that's my concern with the slow hire. It's just he's just young and, and not much experience. But that hasn't stopped other coaches. To be honest with you, you know, yeah, if, if you're good, you're good. So, um, but he's done a fantastic job. And this again, this is sort of what my fear. You know, like if you're the Texans, you got to then hire another good OC. It's mm-hmm. it's a it's hard to be a defensive coach with a good OC. Those guys leave fast.
0: Yeah, it's totally fair. I will say one of the things about, it depends on what kind of quarterback you have, right? Like If you have Daniel Jones as your quarterback to pick on, the Giants, a team that everyone knows we both love, Uh, if you have Daniel Jones as your quarterback, it's hard to get the right OC. If you have a guy who really makes Daniel Jones look great, it's hard to get that guy to replace him. With Herbert, with CJ Stroud, I feel like you have the opportunity to hire the best OC candidate every cycle because everyone's going to want to work with that guy because you're going to get an opportunity to be a head coach if you get to work with Herbert or get to work with yeah. Stroud and they make you look good. Um, so I think you're know I you right, but I, I do think it depends on what kind of quarterback you have and how appealing they're going to be to um, the other candidates available. And, and you're right about slow ex- lack of experience. There's no question. It's a unique background i mean i don't know how many other head coaches have worked for pff before uh but it seems like it would help you know it's like you'd have a unique experience something to
1: you know i mean to be uh, fair uh, mike mccarthy uh, said he spent a year like studying pff and that hasn't changed much in dallas so uh i love how mike mccarthy said like yep i watch every snap of the cowboys and worked at pff for a year and they're like great and then he's like no i didn't do any of that just incredible (laughs) incredible he's a hustler we just like let that go no knocking pff <laughs> by the way those guys are great but um just the, the idea that like that just was like up locked in my cave analytics baby um so <laughs> it's funny um all right move it on
0: yeah no i mean i'm not not saying that no one should hire someone or pff of course if they have a good resume no but if it's just making
1: it work- fun of mccarthy anytime you can do it you have to do it
0: uh let's finish up last head coaching opportunity currently available the Washington Commanders. There's one guy we have not mentioned once so far on this podcast, who oh. I think is the perfect candidate for this job.
1: Well, I've, I haven't done Ben Johnson yet, so, so this is your Ben Johnson. This is my spot. Ben I Johnson. Think that's he, he, reasonable. He, here, here's why. Um, I think people. I think I'm starting to realize like what. So we talk about coaching job. Obviously, part of that is everything you have to work with, right? It's not just like the court. So they have, what, 70 million cap space, I believe, coming up. Uh, yep. The commanders do. They, they're going to draft a quarterback. Yep, They're going to – they have young offensive pieces that can help right away. Obviously, defense needs a little bit of work. Um, yes. But you have an owner that is, in my opinion, willing to win. That's important. Yes. He wants to win. You have the, the cap space. They hired a really good general manager, Adam Peters. It feels like if you're choosing a place to go – and that fan base so desperately wants a winner. If you can win in Washington, you're beloved as a coach there. And that to me feels like a really good spot for Ben Johnson to be. I know you think you used him. Well, Who you use Ben Johnson for? I use Ben Johnson for the Panthers. Okay, Panthers, yeah. I, I mean, look, I think mean, Temper might say, here's $20 million, buddy. But I think, you know, obviously, Josh Harris can, can match anything Temper can do. But um, this is a really appealing job. You know, Peters again with the Niners did a great job helping that you will know, build that roster up. And Ben Johnson, give him a young quarterback. You start fresh, right, with a new guy. It just feels like a good spot for him. Who do you have? Who who have we not mentioned yet? Pete Carroll? Not Pete Carroll. Nick I Saban? have Mike. Not Nick
0: Saban. <laughs> Nick Saban. I hope he's retired. I want Nick Saban and Bill Belichick to just host a a weekly football show because I feel like that
1: would be we, my dream be so content. Good. They're gonna have Saban on game day though. Like you have, you you gotta invite Bill. Just have Bill and Saban with McAfee and Corso and Kirby (laughs) and Dead. Just have like a, a, like on those like on election night when they have like a CNN fifteen person panel. It's just it's just like Reese Davis, Howard, McAfee, uh, Corso, Herbie, Saban, Belichick. It's just all seven (laughs) guys trying to yell to get a word in for three hours. Yes, Ugh.
0: that would be incredible
1: yeah um
0: i have mike mcdonald's of the baltimore ravens going to washington and taking the commander's job i think you have in that building with that organization i think you want to hire a young coach I, they, they they do want to win but i also think they're realistic about it's going to take some time like we have to build things the right way this is the same ownership group that ran the Sixers during the trust the process era where they right. went deep into a rebuild yeah. I don't think they're going to do that here in Washington but I do think they want a coach who's going to grow with them over the next few years and Ben Johnson I mean will absolutely do that it's a totally logical reasonable hire and you have a young quarterback coming yeah. in, in the draft so I could see that for sure with Mike McDonald he has the Harbaugh experience at Michigan he is you know relatively inexperienced one year is at DC at Michigan Two with the Ravens, great, yeah. I mean, he's been so good with the Ravens. So many players there in Baltimore, veterans not not just young guys, but veterans who have gotten better with Mike McDonald yeah. as their DC. And I think that stands out. That's a really tangible point to me of just hey, you, you can coach if you can prove hey, you know, Kyle Van Noy was on the street in September. Cheyenne Klein was on the street in August. Those yeah. guys signed for you know marginal deals. They they're playing like stars just a matter bk is taking a step forward kyle hamilton looks like he's been an all pro yeah. safety this year like there's so many guys in that defense who are playing star level football because they're put in the right position to succeed mcdonald i think deserves a lot of credit for that and then you have you know the experience working under john harbaugh experience working under jim harbaugh you have experience working under good coaches he's you know young enough that he's going to grow yeah. he's not He's not at the point in his career where he's going to demand personnel power. I, I think, unless you can get an offensive coach you feel really good about, which hey, Ben Johnson makes total sense. I could see Ben Johnson there. Mike McDonald makes sense to me.
1: I would need to see who he's hiring as OC. Yep, that's fair. Right, I mean, and then obviously, that we talked about the interview process. Like That's part of the process, right? It's like, tell me who you're hiring as OC. No question. If his OC is someone that I think can do the job then I think I'm with you there, because you're going to draft a quarterback at two, right? So you yep. need... And it's probably Drake May, and so you got to figure out sort of how you're, how you're going to do that. I mean, there's also a possibility you, you you know you drop back to ten and take Bo Nix. I don't know what they're going to do. Right? I mean, you can make the case that you, you trade out of that and get as many picks as possible to sort of rebuild your your roster and take a younger you know take a young quarterback later. I don't think they would do that, but I mean, we can always make that argument. Um, so yeah, to me, it would just be like who you are bringing as your OC. That that's my the most the thing the most important. Um, I'd have to know. Now, of course, you know all these coaches. They better hire good offensive line coaches, otherwise they're screwed. So yes, uh, I, I should have mentioned that to stop. It, it only matters <laughs> who you hires offensive line coach. All the good offensive line coaches are taken though. That's why they don't. Yeah, they don't everyone,
0: put... everyone hire Bill Callahan. Five five different teams it's hiring the, Bill Callahan.
1: The, the Browns fired all their offensive coaches this morning except the, the about Callahan. that would be <laughs> that would be like, come on, Stefanski, what are you doing? What are we doing now? Don't be doing that. There would have been a bidding war. Oh, dude, it would have been. I mean we talk about like in the cause like the transfer portal bidding wars I mean, yep. a bill callahan bidding war it would have been every team that didn't have an offensive line coach be mm-hmm. trying to fire theirs for for him um yeah i mean there's only you know there's of course a handful of those guys that are really really good and they don't go anywhere right i mean andy hack and right. callahan and stoutland haven't left anywhere in yep. years now yep i mean it's it's one of those things where i've heard general
0: managers tell me like basically you know we can either go out and Uh, you know, spend a lot of money on individual players, you know, especially guards, or if we feel like if we hire the right offensive line coach, we're paying that guy and he's going to make our players so much better that we don't need to spend that much money on the interior. And that's not maybe great to hear as a former NFL guard, but (laughs) it it does, it does, it does. Screw you guards. Screw you guards. But like, you know, I I think there's an element of truth to that, right? Like the Patriots with Dante connect forever. Like they didn't typically, they had Logan Mankins and he was a, a relatively high pick and they paid him, but it wasn't like they were going out and spending
1: twenty you know million dollars a year on guards Burner and centers. Like, was they it, were,
0: yeah. like they were going out and saying, Okay, we, we'll make Steve Neal. We'll have a college wrestler, we'll turn him into a an NFL caliber guard. I, I think there's a people really underestimate how valuable those guys are. There's they're one of the more underpaid, like the best offensive line coaches are some of the most underpaid people in yeah. all of football. What they're making now. I was
1: kind of curious. Three? I think
0: I think I I would guess Chris Forster's making three million dollars a year, would be my guess. Really? Hmm. And even that seems frankly really low. Like if you can make one guard better, you can get it. You can make a, you know, if you have a guard who is playing like a $10 million a year player and you're paying him, you know, third, fourth round pick money, yeah. that alone is eight, $9 million you're, yeah. you're earning
1: for your team. Yeah, it's so. a good point. i to think about that. I, I, need to, I need to get in coaching. <laughs> you're so good at this. I need you for media.
0: You can't go coach Jeff. Too many, too many, too many people. I enjoy having on the podcast If either left to stop writing or have gone into coaching and gone into the league. And I, I can't have another one leave. You have to stay Jeff.
1: I mean, you pay me $3 million. I'm in. Let's do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would also like a raise of $3 million. Yeah, so but we, until we, that, we all, we,
1: all, we all would. Yeah.
0: Before, before you leave for coaching yeah. and the windfall that you rightfully deserve, Jeff, where can people check out the stuff you're doing?
1: Yeah, so just go to my Twitter. That's what I tell everyone to do. Uh, at Jeff Schwartz, Jeff with a G. Everything I do is is posted there. I've Got a couple podcasts. Uh, in a little ra- radio transition now because my Pac-12 conference uh, no longer ceased to exist in a couple months. <laughs> uh, we're working on nice. finding a, a home in radio a little bit uh, next couple of weeks. But um, yeah, so just go to my Twitter. That's where you can find everything. Uh, Jeff Schwartz is more new podcast, but uh, all that stuff is is tweeted out, um, and that's the best place to find everything I do. Jeff's the best. Thank you so much, buddy. Thank you, buddy. right. Thanks so much
0: to my friend, Jeff Schwartz. Does great work covering the NFL, of course, played in the NFL, which makes him a very qualified candidate to talk about all this stuff. Hope you guys enjoyed our coaching show. Also, make sure you check out uh, Dan Graziano's article on this topic today over at ESPN. Dan is very well informed and gave some very valuable insight into what is the most likely Uh, solution for many of these opportunities we have two shows coming up next week of course we'll be talking on tuesday morning about everything that broke over the weekend and monday and then later in the week probably previewing the conference championship games we have doing the math in my head seven nfl games left this season we're going to cherish them hopefully they'll be better than most of the games this past weekend But hope you guys enjoyed what you saw and listened to today and more audio coming next week.